Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. I already know what Emily's going to (laughs) say. And I know she's about to say that she disagrees that she's millennial. But before she gets... No, I don't disagree with that at all. I disagree with when they categorize millennials. I know I'm a millennial. Okay. Well, before we jump into who are millennials and what does this mean for your marketing, I want to quickly introduce you to someone I had never heard of until I went to this recent summit. And his name is Jason Dorsey. He's a Gen Z and millennial speaker and researcher. He is the president of the Center of Generational Kinetics And they like their whole job is studying people and they tend to work with big corporations and other businesses so that they can better understand their market and who they're actually serving and not the biases that we have put on society of what people actually are versus what we've been told they are. And so before we jump into each of the generations that exist today and how we could market to them potentially differently and probably who you're marketing to, I want to first talk about what is shaping our generations today. And there are two main things that are shaping them. And I'm guessing Emily might be able to guess one, but not the other. So what do you think is the number two or the number one and number two thing that is shaping the way generations are? I literally have no clue. You have no (laughs) clue? Hint on what the categories are. Well, the categories would give them away, but... Oh, okay. So... Money? Like, like, how much money they make? Is that what we're talking about here? I mean, it could be, but that that is not one of the top two, but that is a good guess. You could say social economics for sure. And while that does play into it, it is not necessarily driving generational trends. 
I like these games. So give me a second. Two things that are driving generational trends. One of them is not like their current, their finances and the amount of money that they have. It's not that. No, that is not that. And I don't think it's like where they live. Is it like just access to technology, like their, their skill set within technology? Yes. That's number two. Technology is the number two. And how we have a relationship with technology is a huge driver. So what is the first driver? It's not money and it's not technology. I don't know. Parenting. Oh, balls. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So I've been talking about this a lot recently because I love it and I think it's so brilliant and why we've been ignoring it for so long. I just want to talk about it everywhere. But he's the one who said it first. So I I have to give him credit. But the number one trend that shapes generations today is parenting. Okay. And this is going to be a very interesting conversation because I've wanted to kind of talk about this and break it down. Not a lot of you know, I have a half brother and I call him my brother. I don't really call him half brothers. I've been around forever, but we're 12 years apart. And I have mentioned this before, where we both consider ourselves only children. And so because of that, it's affected us a lot. But also, like, watching him interact with the world is very interesting. But we, we, so we share the same dad, right? And his mom is my stepmom, but she's been my stepmom since I was, like, six years old. And so, like, really, like, we were raised very, very similarly, however... The way that him and I specifically look at money is so vastly different. And it's because my parents messed up with me and then made better decisions with him. But like, it's so interesting and funny. Okay, go on. Okay. So with that being said, if parenting is the number one thing that drives generations, you're like, well, then how are we seeing trends among generations is probably your obvious next question because every parent is different, right? Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Your parents learned, we talked a lot about beliefs recently, learned deep-rooted beliefs from their parents. And because of that, based on the economic times and what was going on in the world, i.e. war and all these other things, there are groups of people by decades (laughs) that think and feel and have the same experience and thus parent similarly. And this will put a lot of millennials at ease to know that, you know, often we get like the stigma that we just think we're entitled, right? That we deserve amazing things to happen to us. So that was parented into you. Oh, yeah. How many times have I talked about my parents giving me the fattest head ever because they wanted me to believe truly that I could do anything? Yeah. So parenting truly influences everything we do. And it defined as a child our acceptable level of risk and unacceptable levels of risk. Yeah. Because when it comes down to pretty much every decision, we're looking at it on a risk scale. And while we do have, you know, stuff in our blood because we used to be cavemen and we tried to like 
you know, save ourselves because there was this fear of death all the time. Truly, those are instincts, right? We're trying to save our lives. We also learned a lot of those behaviors from our parents because our risk levels are much lower now than they were even a hundred years ago. Famine is less common. You're going to live way the heck longer. You have more access to modern medicine, especially if you're in the US, right? So you're learning these risk behaviors. And while I love talking about parenting from the aspect of parents, we do have to also think about it from how we are reinforcing behaviors. And the school system is the second kind of parent for a lot of kids today, whether they have access or not, especially, but also like how the school system is run and how we award or honor or discipline or all of these things. All of those things are taught at a very young age and reinforced over and over and over again, our first 18 years of life. So why wouldn't that have a major influence on our life? But technology is that second driver, which I think seems obvious to us today. But also something you have to keep in mind is that while we have a natural relationship with technology, not everyone does. There is still one generation and barely some of a second generation before millennials. Uh, We have baby boomers and then before them, I don't know their technical term. The generation before baby boomers, is that what you're wondering? Yeah, I believe, I mean, a lot of people refer to them as the greatest generation. I just had my grandfather pass away and he was 91 and he would definitely fall. They're called traditionalist or silent generation, born 1945 and before. Yeah. So there's very few of them left, as we can all agree with that. But they are still, they didn't necessarily have a natural relationship with technology because I had a conversation with my Jared's grandmother the other day, and we were talking to her about telephones. And there was a time when she didn't have access to a telephone. Oh, yeah. Not any telephone. And then she had an outhouse. Yeah. And she was born in 1946. So she's technically the first baby boomer. And she felt like, but they were also poor. So, But that also plays into it. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where I think it's interesting. I think there's been debate on where the millennials start and stop. I have an intense opinion about this debate. And whoever decided this is an idiot. Not necessarily. So there's... Yes. So baby boomers. And then there's Generation X. And then I think and there's then another the, oh, there's three before millennials. No, there's three. No. Yes. No. No. I will explain. I will explain and you will believe me I by know. the end of this. <laughs> okay. So we have the traditionalists, which are some are still alive. Very few. Baby boomers, which are my parents. Are your parents? No, my in parents that are Generation X. Okay. Then there's Generation X. And then there's millennials. And then there is Gen Z. Gen Z. Okay. Which is my brother. Is he under 23? Yeah, he was born in 2000. Oh my God, he's so young. I know. Ugh. I know. Okay. It's so weird. He just turned 19. 
Okay, so I don't necessarily have a firm belief on the beginning date. Now, Jason Dorsey absolutely does. But here is the firm belief on the end date, which I think 100% makes sense. Of millennials, specifically? Yes, yes, specifically millennials. Okay, so the end is all related to our relationship with 9-11. Right. It's any child that was affected emotionally experienced it has memories of it you might have still been alive during 9-11 but if you don't have a distinct memory of that day like my brother was one so like he was not affected so yeah so then you do not fall into that category but generally speaking as of today generation z is thought of as 23 and younger mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i agree with that now here's the interesting so thing 97 I think it's 95. And my 95, 90, I don't know. I can't do okay, that. One right of now. those. 23 and younger. That's all I can tell. Yeah. So here's where you feel conflicted and where I, for the first time in my life, felt listened to. Oh my God. So. Okay. First of all, what is the year that you're going to argue is the start of millennial? I, I don't know. I don't know the exact year, but I'm going to tell you something that you said. Because <laughs> this one, okay. based on Google, they're saying 1977, which would be, Let me see. We'll do that math, 42 years old. Yeah, I think that's right. Hold on. I'm seeing, I don't, I didn't write down his specific date, but I will tell you something that is not being talked about that I think will help you accept this. It's going to need to be a lot. (laughs) Okay? Okay. So there is a new thought. I'm not finding it quickly. So it's just going to, you're just going to have to fly with me. There is a new thought that millennials are splitting in two. So we're not necessarily two generations, but we are having two trends within the same generation. Okay. That I agree with. Millennial 1.0, Millennial 2.0. So one is considered me-lennials. And then I can't remember what the technical term for the other one is. But it'll be really obvious here in a second. Essentially, you self-select by the age of 30 which one you're going to be in. And the group that I would say we are in... Oh, the megalennials is where Mega. what they're calling the other ones. So we're on path one of the megalennials. Okay. And some people are on path two of the millennials. Yes. And that is where the, the generation is splitting in two and you have to self-select by age 30. So some people made this choice a decade ago because our generation is large. Uh-huh. Like we have people in their 40s in our generation, but people are still making this choice all the time. Okay. Basically, everything you think of in terms of the like, not motivated, living off their parents, all the other stuff that I, I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to blame people. Well, and it's not about that. It's that this is the problem is that there's the 1.0 and the 2.0. And literally, like, we're both right in this where I said there is a generation before millennials and it's millennial 1.0. It's mine. The eld- I call us elder millennials. And me and my best friend talk about this all the time in the sense that within our own group of friends, there are 1.0s and 2.0s of millennials, right? Because there's those of us who are, and, and I'm going to do some intense categorization right now, right? 
there are some of us who are the follow a lot more the traditional path. We graduated high school, we went to college, we graduated in four years, we got married, we bought a house, and then we're starting families. And that's just like the the typical route that like firstborns, older kids, elder millennials have been doing. And then there's a cutoff, and within our same group of friends, there's people who maybe took six, seven years to graduate from college. Maybe they studied abroad or they lived somewhere else. They bebopped around town and they're probably still renting. They don't own a home yet, or they're just now considering it. They may or may not be in a long-term relationship, but probably not. They've been using like online dating apps and stuff like that. And like they, they spend their money differently. Like they, they travel a lot. They spend a lot of money on traveling and and living a, a more free lifestyle. They're like the meme where you guys hear of avocado toast is why millennials can't afford homes. Like that deeply offends me because I have purchased three homes. So fuck you. But also like that's not how math works. But like there are two completely different behaviors, purchasing patterns within this same kind of yeah. group. Well, and so you're not wrong, but you keep saying you're older, but you're not. You were born in 88 mm-hmm. and the cutoff is around 96. So, but I'm categorizing myself in the 1.0 and I just call myself elder millennial. Absolutely. But that's not technically what it is because there's people older than you that have self-selected for this other generation. Well, and I think me, me and the 42 year olds are both elder millennials. But also what's funny is that like a couple of cousins of mine who are, they're not 40 yet, but they're like 36, 37. They like are not on Facebook at all. And I, this is weird to like kind of have a qualifier of like, do you even Facebook? But like within our generation, I'm not going to even say that there's three here, but like if I'm in 1.0, the older crowd of the 1.0 is not as tech savvy as even I am. So that's where we... He didn't want to emphasize savvy because savvy like is really not necessarily true person to person. Sure. Want to learn exactly step by step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Millennials grew up and we learned to type in middle school and we got access to the internet in middle school or high school. But like, it doesn't make us savvy just because we had access to technology. We had more experience with it than the generation before us, which meant we had to teach them a lot of things, but that doesn't necessarily make us savvy. So I think what you're saying agrees with what he is saying, but his is backed by research and yours is backed by opinion, which is totally cool. Just know that like he spent a lot of time (laughs) with hundreds of thousands of people to get this data. So I would look this guy up. Like this guy is so knowledgeable on generations. It's crazy. He blew me away. But what you're talking about is definitely true and it's definitely happening and it doesn't have to do with your age at all. It's a self-selecting process. And what is happening across the board, whether you are selecting to be mega or me, lineal, doesn't matter. Delayed adulthood is happening in our yes. generations. And it's causing a lot of interesting economic choices because of that. We are in the minority because we bought houses as young uh-huh. as we did. We got married a lot younger than other people. And I do think our geography plays a role in that. Like where we live in the U.S. plays a role in that. If we lived on a coast, like we would be in the minority. So all of that definitely plays a part. But when we start talking about marketing to these people, it's important to understand who you're marketing to. because. A lot of people say, I want to market to millennials. They want to market to mid-20s to mid-40s. If that's you today, then you're marketing to millennials, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. 
And if you're wanting to market older, then you're marketing to Gen X probably. And Gen X are naturally super skeptical. Yes. But they're also economically strapped because they're taking care of both their parents and their children. And so you're going to have different pushback from them because they're taking care of two different generations at once. There's some people, some baby boomers, again, few and far between, who are taking care of two generations because baby boomers have both Gen X children and millennial children. That's Brian's parents. But then they also have... Some of them still have their parents, which would be in that traditional generation, and some of them don't. So, like, my my parents lost their parents a long time ago. And so it's been out of the picture for a while, but they still have millennials. But we're both in that millennial category. So we've been taking care of a lot of things that maybe other kids didn't. But even if you self-select up, it doesn't mean you aren't making delayed adulthood decisions. Like... The fact that we are still on our parents' phone plan, I am, I don't know if you are, my husband is, on his parents, we are married. We don't have we our are, own phone plan. We, I mean, we pay for it. You guys pay for it, right? No, no, absolutely. We pay for it. doesn't matter. The behavior is still considered delayed adulthood. I mean, and just literally in this instance, like it is literally cheaper for everyone to oh. have more people on the family plan for us to break up, oh, but yeah. it's like Brian's parents, me and Brian and him, his sister and her husband were all on the same. Yeah, absolutely. And so, but because of that, and my mom and her mom are on the same plan. <laughs> and now that's just one example. Because of that, we are making economic decisions as families right. more than we have in generations sure. past. And I don't know, like, I think about it. And even if you were to say, I'm going to go buy a house or whatever, you would not. And I know your dad's a realtor, (laughs) so it's a little bit different. But in general, like I would not go buy a house unless my parents also agreed I should buy that house, even though it's my money. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think that you say, I think there's a difference in wanting your parents' opinion and looping them in. And I I think that our generation does that a lot. And like, Quite literally saying, I wouldn't buy it if they didn't think that I should. I didn't. I didn't buy my last house because they thought I shouldn't. I wanted to. It was really cute. It had too many problems. But they pointed out the flaws that I wasn't willing to face because I thought I could just slap some, (laughs) you know, DIY on it and it would work out. And they're like, no. "No." (laughs) But so, and then... Just to quickly talk about Generation Z, I think the majority of you probably aren't marketing to Generation Z unless you have a kid-centric brand. But generally speaking, they're not the ones making the buying decisions still, right? So like, even if they're under 23, like, I mean, when I was under 23, I definitely was getting my my money from my mama. Oh, at 23, yeah, I was in college. Like, yeah, like I was still working and whatever, but like, oh, no, I wasn't getting any money from my parents. No, you weren't because you went to college at 18. So you graduated at 22, 23. Okay. So by 22, I was on my own for sure. But like up until then, even if I was paying for college myself, my mom still took me to buy all my clothes and like would help out with groceries or gas or whatever. Yeah. 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 So generation Z is definitely not necessarily making their buying decisions. But the interesting thing 
is they are more practical with their money like than our generation. Immensely more practical. So I only have a theory on this, and it's not backed in science or studies at all. But so maybe okay. So since we were affected by nine eleven and therefore the recession, we not only were affected by that with like you know going into it, it didn't affect us in two thousand one, but like saving for school then maybe halted for a lot of us. And so like we then had to take the burden of student loan debt or paying for college when maybe our parents could have helped us if 9-11 hadn't happened. Oh, I was also directly affected. Like people got laid off in my family and like money was a lot, lot tighter after 9-11 because the actual recession happened. And so of course it affected Adam too. He still lived in that same house, but maybe he was cognitively not as aware of it as I was or the way that he was, he saw stress, 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 money disappears because of recession. And so it hit me a little bit differently and where it hit him, he now is, cause he's legit like a hoarder of cash dollars, like such yeah. an amazing saver. <laughs> so the kind of interesting thing that he mentioned during his talk was he was like, so Gen Z are the kids who get money for their birthday and they put it in savings and then they go ask their parents yes. for $20 that is to my go out to, to a T. Yes. <laughs> yes. But what it's enabling him now, he's like literally like buying his first, not his second, his second car, but, and like putting a multi-thousand dollar down payment. And he's like, helping buy like investment properties, like in that process with us, because he has the literal cash for it. It is expected that in the workforce, Gen Z will leapfrog many millennials. Yes. And probably the millennials, because the millennials still don't know what they're doing with their lives. None of this should be shocking, but like, how do we use this information to drive us making better decisions and selling more effectively. Do we think that millennials or Gen Z, do we think they're going to be starting businesses as much as megalennials have been? That's an interesting thought. I think Gen Z will. I don't know. Well, here, I don't know. Because the interesting thing, and I, and I don't, this is, again, generationally, and I'm assuming a mixture of the parenting and technology thing. But millennials were the first generation to do this. So gen millennials and Gen Z are the only ones that are like this. We are the first generation to not think linearly, which means we're outcome driven. So we must see the end first. So we are okay. goal oriented. So the generation before us, and especially the generation before them, so Gen X and baby boomers, they want a process where it's like, step one, do this. Step two, do this. Step three, do this. With us, we want to see end result. Yeah, step one, yeah, step two, I step agree three. With that. Because we don't, we have to picture the end before we can possibly imagine okay. the steps in between. But I think that's an interesting sales opportunity for you guys. Because so often we're like, we're like, here are the phases that you must go through to get to your goal. If you're trying to sell them to millennials, you need to tell them what their goal is and how they are going to transform before you can convince them the steps will work. 
Yeah. Does that make sense? And while I think we understand this on a psychological level, or maybe understand this when we're printing an instruction manual, you're like, why doesn't Ikea have the end picture where all the things go? I just (laughs) want to know. (laughs) We aren't necessarily implementing those same practical ideas into how we sell or market. No, that's right. It's the exact same reason why YouTube videos that show the last 10 seconds of the done hair and the done makeup and then show the process are more effective than just starting at the beginning. It's the exact same reason in psychology. that, I'm like, oh yeah, like literally the actual YouTube videos I will finish watching. It's like, just give me that first burst of what's going to happen at the end. Okay, now I like it. And so now let me watch. Yes. So if you think about, I mean, you've heard of like the hot script for YouTube videos, whatever. You have to walk them through what they're going to get. If you miss that step and you just go start going, if you're like, today, I'm going to tell you how to do blah, blah, blah. If you don't show them that it's going to work before you do it, they're well, not going to watch this, it. Like this specific piece can be taken for so many people, but service-based business owners who share literally on your website, like what does the process look like? What is the outcome? Where am I going to take you to? And now here is how we're going to get there. Yes. Yeah. Like so logical. Also, millennials and every generation after us will forevermore require specific examples in the form of videos and pictures. Text is not enough. You can't describe a transformation. You have to show them. Yeah. Because we're visual learners and it's just become part of who we are. We also require more feedback. So the now I'm talking more on like the team side of like managing people. The generation before us, and maybe you felt this way in your job, where you felt like you lived on a desert island and you're like, my boss never talks to me. It was because they were taught that if the boss talks right, to you, you're right. in trouble. But we were parented to believe that if you're not getting quick feedback, that there's mm-hmm. something wrong. And so we live in this state of fear all the time. And so I find myself not talking to my team nearly as much Mm -hmm. as I think I should. And what I'm realizing is they do need, because I need it. I need people to tell me I'm on the right track. I don't need a paragraph. I don't need a freaking essay on what I'm doing right. I just need someone to say you're in the right direction. And so providing that quick feedback is so helpful, even if it has a hint of criticism in there. Millennials and Gen Z are way more likely to respond to that if you do it consistently. Well, because like if we loop it way back into parenting of our parents saying, you can do anything, you can be anything, go do anything. Like we need that like confirmation from our superiors that like, am I doing what you want me to be doing? (laughs) And because I know so many of you are marketing to millennials. And I know I've I've seen talks on this. Like people are like, just market to humans. Millennials yes, aren't that are. different. And yes, 1.0s and 2.0s are very different. Yes, we're way, we have a lot, a lot. I mean, I know while we got a lot of behaviors from our baby boomer parents, or in your case, you got them from Gen X. I think a lot of those behaviors, the ones that are splitting off are actually from our grandparents. Right. Like, are we following the more traditional 
line or not. Yes, we have more traditional behaviors than even our parents did. Yeah, I can see that. And so for traditional, then you're going to have to treat us different than people who aren't making up their mind. Now, here's the thing. Some of you are marketing to millennials. And that's okay. They're buying way more clothes and they're spending more money on them, self-care, all of that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Not that megalineals aren't, but their, their priorities are elsewhere. Their priorities are in the family and taking care of things and following the rules and all of the other things. They crave stability. Right? I crave stability. But what I was going to say is I think so often we're like, the market's not big enough. There's not enough. And there is enough. You have access in the U.S. alone to 83 million people in this generation. That is a lot. That's a lot of people. And so there's plenty in both categories. Get after your people. (laughs) I mean, I, if I can teach you, if you came away from anything, I want you to acknowledge that there are real generational yes. differences, that there are practical things about the psychology of the generation that most of you are marketing to that you can utilize as sales tools. And it's worth your time to learn <laughs> more about this. So I would definitely go to Jason Dorsey's website look into his reports and his discoveries. He's like a really, like, you'll like him. He's a millennial himself, which I think helps. So he gets it because he was the same guy who's like Emily and I, who forever was like, quit calling us all the same generation because we're not. Yeah, I agree with a 1.0 and 2.0. That's all I've ever wanted in life is like, I'm sorry, but I am different than the person who literally has been traveling Europe since college, who is my age. Right. Totally. So go check that out. I hope you got some like unique takeaways that you're excited to utilize. I know I have. I'm excited to change how we like lay out sales pages and do webinar pitches and all sorts of things. So just wait for more of that coming soon. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.